Filmed in front of a live studio audience at the Woody Guthrie Center, Vast Bank presents the latest episode of Tulsa Little Jam, hosted by Juan Reynoso. What is happening, everybody? What is going on? Welcome to a new edition of Tulsa Little Jam. Glad to have you all here tonight. I'm glad to have all of our audience out there in the ether. We are pleased to be here to continue bringing you Tulsa Little Jam. Uh, proceeds from all of our shows, all of our swag, uh, drinks at the events, all the proceeds from those uh, tapings go to school music programs in the Tulsa area because we believe uh, the Tulsa music scene is so inventive and creative and important and we, none of you, none of us could be what we are today as musicians or whatever. I say that, I'm not a musician, I can't even play anything. But, but as artists, uh, we start at a young age most of the time and it's important to nurture that. And so the least we can do at Tulsa Little Jam is give back to that next generation. So we are honored to have the support of the community and the support of everyone out there. Uh, out there in the ether again, that mysterious ether I keep mentioning. And then also the bands who have been super supportive and uh, uh, have, have joined us for these episodes. So it's been a wonderful experience so far as we slowly get to the end of season two. And with that, guys, we're super excited because uh, we get to have this fine gentleman here, too. We've had like an interesting range of ages and stuff, too. There's like the talent is from. We've had a 17-year-old on the show whose band was just un unreal. And I say this like I'm going to tell you, he's 75. And this 75-year-old man who's breaking out into the Tulsa music scene, my point being, the talent is, is, has a range that's astounding to me. So with that, when I heard this sound um, from Jason here, I just I had to have him on the show. So with that, guys, I present to you Jason Ford. Good evening. The Superman take off his cape when he gets home. Kick off his shoes and thank the gods that he's alone. Or does he call up Lois Lane? Because he can't stand to be away from her. Cause even Superman gets a little weak When he's missing his girl Ashes to ashes and Dust to dust The man of steel slowly Returns to rust Left alone for too long When he's out there trying to save the world Just like Superman, it's a little tired when he's away from his girl. And I know that I can't fly, but I feel I can around you. And I kind of think that I might have finally found you.
Father's love sent his son across the stars. He fell to earth just like you fell into my heart. And everything changed, and everything felt like new. And just like Superman, I turned back time to spend another day with you. Baby, when you smile, you chase away the weather. And with you by my side, I know I'll fly forever. sky above the clouds where everything feels right and it's just me and you alone at the top of the world you love me like I'm Superman and Superman loves his girl You love me like I'm Superman and Superman loves his girl. You make me feel like Superman and Superman loves his girl. This season of Tulsa Little Jam is presented by Vast Bank. How long have you been in the music scene? And, and... Well, I grew up in Bartlesville, just on the, yep. or up the road. And then I moved away, and I was involved in a group that was, I got contracted to play overseas. And so I, I toured all throughout Eastern Europe. I've done India and China. And came back to Tulsa in 2005 and uh, helped my dad with the business and kind of got plugged back into the music scene probably about 2014 and got involved with a band uh, called Skytown and played with them, still play with them for a while, and, but have done my own things and I've done a couple of uh, events at Cane's that I'm real proud of that I put on every year. And, um, but I've really just tried to be involved in the music scene and not just as a musician, but as a participant in trying to bring people together. Like there's this organization in town called We Are Tulsa Music uh -huh. that uh, me, and, me and a friend started. Just we wanted to basically give all the bands in Tulsa a common hashtag that we could use when promoting our own show that would also promote the whole scene as well. So we came up with We Are Tulsa Music so that we all could use it and with like a rising, you know, rising tide list all ships you know, type of thing. And um, so I'm, I'm proud of the, the, the things I've been a part of in Tulsa and the, 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 the scene and how it is and how it's strong and vibrant and competitive, but competitive in a good way because you don't want to be the band that 
sucks on a night when all the other bands are good. Sure. And so you practice. And I think that's why Tulsa has such a strong scene right now is because there's so many good bands and you want to play those gigs, but you don't want to be the sucky band. I don't think anybody sets out to be the sucky band. No, that's what that's what I'm saying. That's why you pr you're forced to practice because everyone else is so good. You know, there's just there's no off nights in Tulsa right now. I feel like that, and you to me, you're also describing like what the life of a comedian might be. You know what I mean? I, I guess I don't know many comedians. But... Oh, okay, well then, never mind. That reference is lost on you. <laughs> this episode of Tulsa Little Jam is brought to you by Arts Alliance of Tulsa. Jump before you're flying 
This episode of Tulsa Little Jam is brought to you by Oklahoma Distilling Company. So you took like a, you take like a hiatus between your, your East Asia and European tours and then... Well, I was in Michigan when I was, oh, like in between. Between like 08 and 14, it sounded like you had like a big break. Well, 05 is when I moved back here. And then um, I was just helping my father run some businesses here in town. Wasn't really involved right. in music, was busy with the family. So how the, how did you, what, what? What brought you back in? Um, was it a need in, inside of you? Did someone reach out? Well, yeah, you? You, ha- you, you know, as an artist, you have all this music. And I mean, what good is it if it just stays locked inside a book or written down somewhere in a drawer? I mean, I think that, yeah, there's a lot of artists who say, I write these songs for me, you know, and okay, but that's a little selfish. I mean, I feel like if I feel like I've got something to say, I want to share that with people. And... And I was, you know, I was depressed. I wanted to get back involved with music because music had given me so much energy and given me a purpose. And so um, instead of starting a band, I found a band that uh, was, I found, found him playing in a bar. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, you guys really, if you guys need another guitar player, I would love to join your band. And I kind of just nosed my way in that way. So I didn't have to go through the hassle of starting my own. 
<laughs> and they, they kept me around because I still play with them. Well, I, th I think it was, it's in, well, I asked these questions because I think it's interesting when you take a break and stuff, like a writer writes, an actor acts, a, a, a musician plays right. music, creates music and stuff, and I, it's important, I think, that people know, especially the next generation, that you're never, uh, that art, you always have something to say. So sometimes it's like, no matter how much time goes, just because you haven't, created something, you know, and you feel that fear and like, can I ever get back in? Because I had a moment briefly where I, I, I didn't, something changed in my life and I had no idea, I didn't know. I was like, I was like this, in this darkness where I didn't know if anything meant anything anymore. Right. And then it took like a good couple of years before I finally had this voice of, of this, that, that I'd lost that tell me, to get off my ass and do it, you know, and not mm -hmm. to wallow in that stuff. So do what you know. And if you have something to say or you feel, just because it doesn't matter if you think anyone else wants to hear it or not. If you have something to say, say it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the one of the songs I did called Here I Am, I did it earlier, was me writing a song to write myself through writer's block. And if you listen to the words of that song, you can actually see... You know, here I am putting pen to paper, trying to find words to voice my pain. I hadn't been able to write. I was living in a van, literally, living in a van behind a pawn shop with my dog. I was, secret I was secretly hoping you were going to say down by the river. It was not too far. I mean, I could have, but somebody already had that line. So I have to go van behind a pawn shop. And I'm literally, like, hadn't written a song. I was depressed, you know, getting fat, eating Cheetos, you know, living in a van. And... So I wrote this song to write myself through writer's block. Here I am, miles from where I started, trying to find the joy in chasing dreams. Do I still want to be a musician? Damn, I'm living in a van. God, I mean, is this really the life I want to do? But, you know, you keep writing. Yeah, and, it's, and, and you acknowledge those, all those little moments that may you think might be insignificant or not. They are significant, no matter how small, how large, however it is, you write in that moment, I feel. Oh, yeah. And I'd never really done that. I'd never really written like what I was thinking about. And I think that, at least for me, that was a way, I was thinking too big picture. I wasn't thinking in the, the little moment that I was in that I was struggling to put words on paper. I was thinking of, okay, what kind of phrase do I want to put in that little space that I've got? And it was just, for me, it was just, okay, trying to write a song. So, okay, put that down. And I'm in a van, put that down. Okay, and then pretty soon, uh, you know, I was able to write myself through that writer's block. And it was like a small little victory for me, you know, because it was, I conquered something. Yeah. That and it held and me step back. by step, you know, those little victories add up. Yeah. And I had a little bit more confidence to write a new song, you know, maybe one that wasn't just full of nursery rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Tulsa Little Jam is brought to you by Riley's Wine and Spirits.
to hide it that she loves it when the muffin man comes around. Little boy blue and the girl in the shoe both know that Sally doesn't just sell shells. A London bridge is falling, I can hear the piper calling, but crying never paid my bills, yep. This episode of Tulsa Little Jam is brought to you by Tulsa Music Awards. I don't know. I'm like, I feel like I want to call you. Like, I feel like you would fit in really well if the Traveling Wilburys were still playing. Oh. Does that does that make sense? Like, there's. I felt like when I was when I was listening to you, it was like, like you were a traveler. Like you, you, you're in the song. You were telling stories, but then you also threw in like there was like this like hodgepodge of fairy tale. Oh uh, well, yeah, in the, that last song. 
the uh, that song came about by me having a really cool groove, but not having a pen and paper to write anything down. But I did know a bunch of nursery rhymes. And so I put a bunch of nursery rhymes in there first to kind of like hold the da 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 Mother Hubbard and you know, and then I got home and I realized actually it's kind of cool if I just tell a bunch of if I tell these random stories about the old lady that lived in the shoe and Sally doesn't just sell shells, wink wink, nudge nudge, you know. <laughs> Say no more. And then you know, it tied it all up by you know talking about these are the people in your neighborhood, you know, you got all kinds. And so that's how that song came about. Well, it's better than it's better that than like if you knew like all of Edgar Allan Poe's oh, poems no, and man, you wrote I, something about that and you're just I didn't like, listen oh, to that God. part in school. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm probably gonna cut that Edgar Allan Poe thing. No one seemed to get that. And audience questions? Oh yes. The, the, oh, where you like well, where, where do you like to play in Tulsa? Um, I love playing at Kane's Ballroom. I've had the privilege of playing there, uh, I think, about four times. And that's, that's a thrill. But I also like the Vanguard. And I like the smaller places, like playing at the Colony or the, or the Fur Shop or, or Blackbird. The thing about Tulsa is there's so many nice rooms to play live music in. You, you can really play a different place every night of the week for a month. But yeah, Kane's would be my favorite. Okay. Well, and do you, uh, what, what do you feel is the future for Jason Fork? Um, I don't know. I think I am very comfortable doing what I'm doing. You know, I work, I work at the largest used music store in Oklahoma. I'm the manager. So, I mean, I'm around musicians every day, and I'm around stories every day. And uh, I'm not necessarily hauling gear in and out of places every night, which is good. I can dig that. I'm 43. Um, but I'm still plugged into the music scene in Tulsa. I'm still, you know, active in that part of life that gives me energy and I feel gives me purpose. And that's another important message that I, I talk about a lot with people and stuff is that it's, it's not about, you know, if, if you set out to do it for fame and for fortune because I want this and I want this and I want this, I, I personally feel like it's the wrong thing to do. Like, it's about finding finding that niche that fills a part in your heart and it takes you where it takes you. Sure. Yeah, I th think that if you set out to be famous, you, you're setting yourself up for failure, to be honest, because just, you know, I'm not telling anyone not to go out and pursue their dreams. I'm just saying if you, if you set out to be famous, you don't make it, you're going to be disappointed. And that's a gut check because I did that. I was going to be Bono and I've got the VCR tape interviews to prove it when I was 10 years old, you know, talking in an Irish accent. This is Charles Munson stole a song from the Beatles, we're stealing it back. I mean, I was going to be Bono, and it didn't happen. But you know what? That's all right. The world didn't need two Bonos. It's miserable enough with one. good. <laughs> I may have to I may have to cut that part out. Um, but I, mean, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is, and you, but you you said it yourself that you found contentment where you are right now in your yeah. life and stuff. You still get to create art and stuff, and that's that's part of the point of everything for me is like it's about creating and stuff, and 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 that helping lift your soul because a soul lifted into, on its own sometimes, that is inspiration for someone else's soul to be lifted as well. And so that has just as much importance 
as the as this superstar who said something that's really profound and moved you, you know, as Bob Dylan and, and, and Clapton and all these guys that inspire you too, but so does this guy over here, so does this girl over here. Everybody has a piece of that, and that whole puzzle of arts in general and music in general, in all of its forms and sizes and levels and, and levels of fame or not, are important. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that I don't know, music can move us so deeply and so, you know, with such fulfillment is because it is it is core to a shared common experience with, with other people in the room. You always you can always know that there's someone who knows what music is and has been moved by music. And so that's always an experience that, that you know you have in common with somebody. And so yeah, I think it's a microcosm. Of, of how, you know, what is that? The butterfly effect where, yeah. you know, little, little, little variances can make yeah. huge impacts later down the lines or unintended consequences. So I just try to stay positive and do what I know I do well, which is talk to people and, and sing songs. And, you know, I'm content to do that and sell instruments for the rest of my life. So I don't have to be Bono anymore. You'll always be Bono to me. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. I, I wish so, I'm so glad you said that. I've been waiting 43 years. <laughs> I've arrived. I'm close to Little Jam. <laughs> let's, let's hear it again, guys, from Jason Ford. <laughs> this episode of Tulsa Little Jam is brought to you by a generous contribution from Craig and Susan Lindbergh. This episode featured Jason Ford, hosted by Juan Reynoso. Executive producer, Carlos Moreno. Writer, producer, director, Juan Reynoso. Cinematographer and lighting designer, Bradley Cook. Swing, Kyle Johnson. Camera operators, Bradley Cook. Timothy DeBruin, Nick Whitaker. Technical director, sound recordist and mixer, Ken Llewellyn. Edited by Brian Hicks. Production assistance by Graciela Moreno. Special thanks to Woody Guthrie Center. Christopher Riley. Diane Rose Riley. Craig and Susan Lindbergh. Jeremy Kavnis. Doug DeJarnett. Andy Cagle, Tully Bowman, Jerry Wofford, Sam Flowers, Molly McCown, Dina Stafford McLeod, Jennifer Moreno, Karen Lacey, 